Hi, I'm Jay Frosting, and you're listening to Misgender, a continuously updated documentary about my close friend Ashley's perspectives on being transgender, and her ups and downs as she transitions. I'm mostly here to ask the right questions and learn things as Ashley reboots her life. We welcome your questions and comments on each episode at misgender.com, on Twitter at misgender, or you can email misgenderpodcast at gmail.com. You're listening to the audio version of this episode, but we also have a video version that you can watch or subscribe to by visiting iTunes or misgender.com and finding this episode, Name Change Day, which was published September 14th, 2012. Hi, Ashley, darling. How are you? Hi, Jay. I'm doing pretty well, thanks. How are you? Are you really? That's good. Yeah. I'm feeling pretty peachy, I guess you could say. Yeah. Well, why is that? On just yesterday, I had my court date for my name change. Okay, and how yeah. long did you have to wait for that? I filed the paperwork, let's see, two and a half months ago? Was it, was it, was it in June, yeah? Right, yeah, yeah. I filed the petition for name change to start things off, and then I also had to get my fingerprints taken. Mm. I sent those down to some department in Austin where they would run the prints and whatever. Mostly just making sure that I'm not trying to change my name to avoid prosecution or whatever. Oh, okay. Right, yeah. And then uh, from there, those came back after about four weeks, and then I turned in the order for name change. And then normally they say it's supposed to be like two or three weeks or something, but it ended up being like four weeks until the judge had a chance to look it over. Mm. So, although it, it could have been the whole Independence Day holiday uh, thing. Yeah, that they probably added a delay. So, but then they gave you a date to go show up in person? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the guy said, well, I mean, he said, I have a couple of dates that you can, you know, sort of choose from. He said, so we have uh, August 13th. And I said, yeah, I'll take that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because I want this to be, you know, sure. I want it to be done. Yeah. So it was, uh, yeah, yesterday at 8 a.m., which was the tough part. Mm -hmm. Because I'm usually not even awake by 8 a.m. I mean, let alone at some place. So. Okay. Is yeah. there a real sacrifice for you then? Kind of. I mean, I'm 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 not a morning person. Mm -hmm. So, I actually acclimated myself in the week prior, getting up or getting up half an hour earlier each day. Do you have a history of sleeping through your alarm? Uh, rarely. Okay. But it has happened. Okay. And also, if I normally get up at say eight, then. Getting up at 5.30 instead is like a big difference. Yeah, okay. But I, I gather from your initial response about being peachy that everything went smoothly? It did, yeah. All right. I mean, I showed up and I checked in at the court clerk's office and they said, okay, just wait outside on these benches outside the, the courtroom. And then the I guess the bailiff will call you in. And they had the docket posted, which is basically the list of cases that they're hearing at that court. Mm. And I was... I don't know, the sixth one or something. Hmm. But I was actually glad I wasn't the first one, just so I could see how someone else did it. So I can, you know. Oh, okay. It did turn out that I think all of the cases in that in the block I was in were, were name changes and uncontested divorces. Oh. Yeah. So what, from your observation, what is it like to change your name? Like, what do they ask and what are you supposed to answer? Uh, so that's actually the interesting part that when I went to the court clerk's office to kind of check in, I said, I'm here, I'm so-and-so, I'm here for this case number. And then they gave me a, basically a script to follow huh. where it says like, I, your name here, and petitioning the judge on date here. Yeah. 
in relation to changing my name, and I'm doing so for blank reason. Okay. And I have slash have not been convicted of such and such misdemeanor. Wow. Yeah, so it's like, well, it's not quite a Mad Libs, but it's, you know, <laughs> right. yeah. And so you had to use your old name for the first time in however long. Right. And that's actually been kind of, that's been kind of weird in its own way. O only because I say my birth name so infrequently these days that sometimes the enunciation or syllables come out all weird. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's still my name, but like. I guess it is two syllables, and normally I guess you'd emphasize the first syllable of my birth name. Sure. But like sometimes when I'm just saying it and I haven't said it in like six months, like I'll, I'll put the emphasis on the second one That's by accident. Funny. Yeah. Because my like tongue, I have no muscle memory of my name anymore. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you just plugged in some variables and, and read a yeah. script. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. And then so they, they call each case on the docket, and you actually... I guess walk up to the the bench is it called whatever the whatever the big sure I think that's thing right. where the judge sits. The one part that was a little weird is that there was a microphone and that was there. I'm guessing so that it could aid the court reporter so that they could record the proceedings and so sure, on. Sure, sure. But it did also mean that I had no option but to help myself to the other people in the courtroom who, admittedly, I I didn't know I didn't meet them, but nonetheless, they're just random pe people you know, waiting for their name change or for their divorce thing or whatever. Okay. In my case, I didn't actually, there were no name changes that happened no before bummer. my turn. And of course, after my turn, the judge says, have a good day and then you can leave, basically. Okay. Yeah. So it only took a few minutes. Well, there's a lot of waiting. Yeah. Because I had to be there at eight and then you check in and then you wait outside the courtroom on the benches things and the bailiff calls you in at like 8.15 and then the court only starts session like at 8.30 and then they have other people who are on the docket before you. Mm -hmm. And then so it was probably 8.45 or 8.50 by the time that it was me. That sounds pretty quick for government work. Relatively speaking, yes. Yeah. So I guess the judge was pretty friendly. For the most part, just kind of a down-to-business thing. She seemed, I, I don't want to say uninterested, but it was just like, eh, another day in the office. Mm -hmm. Okay, neat. Yeah. And Smooth then what light. did you get to prove that it was changed? And, and what did they... Right. Did they file something somewhere? What I turned in like th four or five weeks ago was, the peti was a petition for name change, which is basically a two-page form that it's essentially the thing that the judge signs. And it says, such and such person changes their name from this to this, and they have no criminal record. And it's more or less the script I was reading, but sort of in written form. And at the bottom it says, and I bequeath it so, or whatever language. You okay, know. right. Yeah. So there was that. It's just a two-page thing. And then I take that to, essentially, there's a, a clerk of some sort. I don't know what her, her title was. Uh, there's like a little conference room off uh, outside the court. And in fact, when I went to the court clerk's office, they said I'd stop by there afterward. And they can give you certified copies of the order where they put the, the big court stamp and blah, blah. Right. And I got six certified copies. Is that normal or did you ask for extras? I went for extras. And in fact, they, they normally give you, I think, two but what I did was I made some extra copies, and then they just certified those. Okay. How much did any of this cost? 
The costs on the day of, there were no costs on the day of, but there was a filing fee of about $250 at the beginning of this whole thing. Wow. Right. Hmm. Which really is sort of the least of my worries given the costs of future surgeries and laser okay. hair removal and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Then, then what did you do immediately afterward? After that, I went home and I took off my suit because I think I was looking pretty good. But, you know, given that I was wearing hose in August and it's like 100 degrees outside, mm -hmm. not not totally comfortable. So, yeah, I took I took that off and put some regular clothes on. And then I went to the DMV because to get my driver's license updated. And that was actually kind of a nuisance only because it seems like because school's out at the moment that all these teenagers are like, oh, I should get my learner's permit and driver's license. So hmm. the waiting room was filled with like 15 and 16 year olds and their parents and stuff. And of course, I get like this little number like 256 and like they call your number thing. It actually was 256. Was it really? Yeah, yeah. But they're not, the thing is they don't call them sequentially. I think they're they're clustered. So yes. like 200 to 300 is this type of thing. And and then they have the, the loudspeaker saying, ticket 256, please report to window number 11. It was about an hour's wait, but eventually I did get, they did call my number. And you just said, hey, I got my name changed. You need to update my license? Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Great. And I and I gave them a certified copy of the thing. And they're like, okay, yeah, this looks good. One of the things that may be unclear, and this may be sort of a Texas thing too, is that I have my name changed, but my gender marker is not yet fixed. That's a little MRF on your driver's license or what have you. Mm -hmm. And so that's sort of a separate process of the whole song dance you have to go through. And I have heard of some trans women who've been sort of kind of lucky where they've gone to the DMV and they happen to have gotten a clerk who is either dumb or very friendly. And they sort of say, and uh, I'd like you to change my gender marker too. And every once in a while I've heard they'll be like, all right. So I know, which if that were to have worked, it would wow. have sa saved me like months and filing fees, blah, blah. So I, I tried it, but the guy's like, it's not how your paperwork shows it. So Okay. I was like, all right. I, I figured that was kind of a long shot anyway. But nonetheless, they did the license thing, and they took my new picture, and I paid a fee for, of $11. Okay. Yep. And interestingly enough, in Texas anyway, I don't have a new actual driver's license like the plastic card thing. They gave me a piece of paper that says, like, te well, temporary driver's license, and then they mail me the plastic one in two weeks. Yeah, that's basically the same thing I went through when I moved to California, but it showed up in about four or five days, so that was nice. Oh, okay, because I've, I've heard in in quite a few states, like, well, Illinois, for one, they just print it out right then and there. Oh, neat. Nonetheless, I'm just, imp I'm impatient, because I'm not, man, I'm not, I'm not normally impatient, but mm -hmm. I've waited so long for this, I, I want my driver's license, <laughs> gimme, gimme, gimme. Yeah. So at this point, if somebody calls you by your old name, they're just plain wrong. Yes, they would be incorrect. Not that they're in violation of the law necessarily, but <laughs> they'd be doing it wrong. Yeah, yeah. What what kind of makes things a little bit weird for me, and I it's only kind of sunk in the day after, there are a lot of companies that have your name on file and magazines and your utilities and mortgage and, I mean, even things like I could... I could have them update my college transcripts so that if someone were to call about that. Well, wait, are you going to make a list of publications and documents that you want to get updated? 
And if so, how would you prioritize those? Okay, so yes and no. I'm, I'm going to make a list, but part of what makes it tricky is that companies that have my name and gender on file may or may not be amenable to changing both of those. I mean, in some cases, it may be easy, like if it's a magazine subscription, that's just a salutation or whatever, then they don't really care what my gender is, it's just a kind of a nicety. Mm -hmm. But like my, maybe my health insurance, for example, or as another one, my car insurance, where once my gender changes, then my rates magically go down, or they might. Mm -hmm. And so for that, they the car insurance people may need some proof of documentation, whatever. Okay. Yeah. But nonetheless, there are plenty of companies that maybe they don't need my gender or maybe they don't care about my gender. Like, for instance, I was thinking about my credit cards. I mean, I don't know if they have my gender on file. Yeah, and depending on where you shop, when you hand over a debit or a credit card, they might ask to see your license to see if the names match. And at this point, they wouldn't. Well, that's the funny thing, actually, is that I've had my credit cards in my name, my name, for a time. Oh. Because I've discovered that you can add an additional signatory to your credit cards. Okay. That's not what that's for, but kudos. <laughs> and I got to give props to my friend Anella for this because she's like, you know, this is, you could do this. And I was like, they're not going to check up. They're like, no, I'll be fine. It's like, <laughs> boop, boop, it's really boop, funny. Boop. So yeah, Bob's your uncle. So I, I've <laughs> had a, a, a credit card that says Ashley last name on it for like six months now. Oh, okay. Well, okay, but then here's the rub. The scenario you just described 30 seconds ago when they asked to see your license, that became weird. Like at Radio Shack, those idiots when they like, can I see your driver's license and you're buying this $4 headphone <laughs> cable or whatever. I would use my Ashley credit card. And then, of course, up until yesterday, my driver's license didn't say Ashley. So I was like, uh, okay. So I'd shown the driver's license. And invariably, the guy was a glance at it, okay, and they'd hand it back. Ah. This, I mean, whether it was Radio Shack or H&M or various other stores, I mean, not there. fortunately, not many stores are as uptight about that kind of thing. Okay. But of, of the ones where they've asked for my driver's license, I've given it to them, and they look it over like, all right. I don't know if I've ever asked this, but have you been practicing an, an updated signature? Uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, my last name is the same. Although, I mean, I have occasionally heard of some trans people changing their last name also when they change the first name. But in my case, the last name is the same because I like my last name. So, I guess um, it's six new letters. Although some of them are in common with my last name, being Ashley. Mm -hmm. And I guess that I've, I've twiddled around with practicing on some of it, but there aren't a lot of... I don't know, ligatures or swirly interesting bits you can do with those. Because, like, okay, for example... I'm not asking you to sign the Declaration of Independence. Well, no, but it's my signature. I want it to be my trademark as, okay. as, or whatever. Because, like, on my last name, for instance, there's a there's a lowercase i. And I've, I've drawn that as a circle even before I knew I was trans. The, the letter i? Well, the dot on it. Okay, okay. <laughs> Yeah, but among A-S-H-L-E-Y, I mean, you can do some fun stuff with the Y with maybe a little swoopy thing at the bottom. Mm -hmm. But other than that, it's mostly straightforward, I guess. Okay. Well, wait, do you disagree? I don't know that you answered the question. Have I been working <laughs> on my signature? 
when you sign your name the way that you had done for 20 years or so, uh-huh. uh, could a person tell that it doesn't say Ashley or is it kind of just like squiggles? Because a lot of people's signatures, there's maybe two recognizable letters in them. Oh, and the rest right. Of it's just... Like how movie stars like to do it and stuff like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And when, you, when you're asked for your autograph a lot, it becomes less and less recognizable. In my, my handwriting, it wasn't always... Well, I should say my, my signature wasn't always perfectly legible, but you could make out the letters, yeah. Okay. So have you been signing it, Ashley? Oh, and like on credit card receipts? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Because, yeah. But like, do you, are you just sort of printing it slowly, or or did you want to try to make it fancy? No, I mean, it's it's cursive. Okay. Yeah. I I like I like fanciness, I guess, but mm. I don't, I'm, I'm not good at imbuing fanciness into my handwriting. All right. So I guess you have to update your social security stuff? Yeah. And so when I was at the driver's license place, the DMV, the clerk there said, oh, and don't forget to update your social security card. And he said, in fact, you need a list of where the local ones are. And I said, sure. And then he print out this like photocopy thing of the local offices. So I thanked him and sort of went along my way. Although he, he did add um, that I would need to change, I would probably need to change my social security card within 30 days. Otherwise, the driver's license name change might get bungled or wow. something. Because I guess they maybe they cross-check those or something. Uh... Okay. But so that's, that's what the weird part is, though, is that I've actually lost my social security card, I mean, years ago. Do you think you need it, the physical thing? I need it in the sense that I don't want my driver's license to be, like, unjiggered. No, you do you actually need a physical copy of Social Security card in order to update it? Well, that's... that's. I'm that's... betting that what you need at this point is your birth certificate. Well, this is all, like, a big, I don't know, circular catch-22 thing, because, like, mm. this is just the nature of our, our society. Like, all of these documents are, like cross-reference to each other mm -hmm. so for instance like for your birth certificate i don't know if they need like a copy of my social security card to for me to request that or nope okay because that's something i actually need to update as well but or i could update could you really wow yeah okay you'd want probably want to do that last i think yeah and also probably my passport is probably gonna be right toward the end because yeah. I don't really need that except for traveling. The other thing, though, is that for jobs, say, when I have to fill out, what is it, the W-2 or the, what's the one that deals with immigration and citizenship? The one that you sign when you're starting your job is a W-4. Okay. That's the one you provide the two forms of ID, whatever. Yeah. And I think the W-2 is the one that comes with your tax information at the beginning. Right, 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 right. Uh, theoretically, at the beginning of the year. On the W-4 form, you can provide, like, a driver's license and social security because you have to prove, like, identity and citizenship and I've just been using my passport for that because that proves both identity and citizenship I think I got the W-2 and the W-4 reversed it doesn't matter yeah okay well whatever the immigration form is yeah mm -hmm. normally I could just say well who cares about the passport leave that to the end but it so happens that I mean I happen to be doing some contract work now but I would like to start a full-time job sometime and I would need the the immigration form for that and thusly because I, I don't want to out the things i don't want to out myself when i when i fill that out 
What are you? Are you confusy face? I'm trying to remember what they asked for. I only remember them asking for a driver's license. It's typically two: one for approving ID and one for approving. What would the second citizen. one be? Could be a social security card, because that would prove citizenship. Maybe. Or right to workness or whatever, because I, I guess a green card would be sufficient or whatever. Mm. But yeah, because of course my my passport has my birth name on it, so so that's even sort of another reason to get my social security card updated in that if I land a job soon, I could use social security card and my driver's license for ID and that it wouldn't help me. I think my instinct would be um, in order of usefulness, uh, mm -hmm. in re reverse order of usefulness. I do driver's license, then passport, then social security card, then birth certificate if I was going to do the birth certificate. But I'm sure that you've looked this up online to see how other people do it. I mean, but in any case, I'll still leave my passport to about the end because passport has name and gender and so okay right where possible i want to take care of the name only ones now and then once i get the gender marker sorted through then i can move on to the ones that require gender and name yeah so what do you have to do to change your gender marker and this is all this is all statewide stuff right because there's no national central database of citizens well, there's a social security database. There's, there's the social security thing, yeah, but... But there's there's no canonical database of people because okay. there's a social security database, there's passport database, I'm sure the IRS has databases. Wait, so what was your question? Um, yeah, what do you have to do to get your gender marker updated? And I think we talked about this on an earlier episode, but maybe you have more information now. Various other states have their own laws. Each state has their sort of own thing. And many states have sort of a sensible system where it's fairly outlined that if you get a notarized letter from your doctor saying that so-and-so has been receiving treatment for gender identity disorder, blah, 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 and then you can get your gender market changed. If you've, basically, as long as you've had a certain amount of gender therapy and maybe some other requirements. But what's weird is that in Texas, they have no specific system for that. It's, there's no codified law for changing one's gender markers. So essentially, you have to kind of sue them, the government, and then hope for the best or put in a petition or whatever. Which one is it? I don't know. Well, okay, in this case, it would be, I think you'd be petitioning. Mm -hmm. Although I'm really not good at lawyer stuff. Well, certainly but, somebody in Texas has done this before. Yeah, and, and the thing is that because there aren't these guidelines for judges as far as the prerequisites, some judges who are either slightly or mostly transphobic, but a lot of the times they seem to think that what's in one's pants determines one's gender rather than what's in your head. Mm. And so it's a common thing within Texas that judges will say, well, have you had SRS? Oh, well, then you can't be this gender. I which see. Is, which is, is bogus because there are many trans people who choose not to have such surgeries. There are many other trans people who simply cannot afford the financial burden of yeah. doing so because of course it's not covered by insurance most of the time when we talk about getting your gender marker changed mm -hmm. like what document is being changed for, for the state level it would be the gender marker on your driver's license okay and then from there you can use that to cascade to other documents like once you have the driver's license done you can say hey passport people they've done my driver's license and they're like, oh, okay, well, we trust them, so we'll change yours. Okay. Which is the whole reason why getting, if I could have, like, pulled the wool over the eyes of the clerk at the DMV, could have saved me tons of time. Uh, I see. 
Because then if that would be done, then I could change my passport, then I could... It would have been... As far as the, you were asking about the process, though... So typ typically you would need to petition a judge and kind of hope for the best, and you may need various requirements. I I have heard that I'm not... There's a certain county in Texas, which I can't remember its name now. It's a local one, which I know it's one of one or two, but I don't, I don't want to guess because it could be the wrong one. Okay. But, um... I was recommended a lawyer from around the Austin area, and essentially, this particular county in Texas has their own countywide rules on gender markers. Apparently, as the law is written, it doesn't strictly require persons who apply for that process to live within that county. Okay. Typically, as I understand it, you can't just apply for it because they'll say, oh, you're not in this county. But then you sue the state government, and then once it goes before the judge, they're like, oh, okay. Huh. But don't lawsuits cost a lot of money? As I understand it, there is... I mean, the lawyer has some fees, but nonetheless, she's not doing it pro bono, but the rates she's charging are way lower than what I would have expected. Oh, so I'm okay. guessing that she's kind of giving back to the community on this mm, one. Neat. Yeah. I'll, I just, I can't wait for that part to be over. Mm-hmm. You're going to travel to Austin for that? Well, the lawyer's in Austin, and if I need to travel there for signing paperwork or whatever, I can do that. But yeah. the particular county is actually, maybe, it's within 100 miles of here. So oh, wow. it's, it's something that like, sounds like a day trip or something. Okay. Yeah. So do all your family and friends and coworkers know about your success at the court? Yeah. Groovy. Yeah, they they do know, and I've um, in fact I invited several close friends over last night for some sparkling wine and some chocolate cake. Why are you smirky? Is it because it doesn't come from the Champagne region of France that you didn't call it Champagne? Yes. <laughs> Although actually, you know, the first bottle was from the Champagne region, so that was Champagne. So I did have some friends. What kind over. of cake? You eat cake? No. What what kind of cake? Oh, it was chocolate cake, because that is my favorite kind of cake. Yeah. I got it at Whole Foods. It was yummy. Mm. It had, I think... I'm glad you didn't get half a cake. Nope. I got a whole cake. Okay. Well, in part, not that I'm, like, some cake fiend, even though maybe, but I wanted to make sure I had enough for everyone, because I invited ostensibly maybe 20 people, 20, 25, but I knew that many of them had, say... Kids they had to put to yeah, bed or people who were out of town. Right, yeah. So I knew that not everyone would make it. And I was guessing 10 to 15 people as sort of a ballpark. I, I mean, I don't know how much cake eight or nine people eat. Or if you want a big slice or a small slice. Mm -hmm. But I didn't want to run out of cakes. That'd be really embarrassing. You're telling me all this just because I made a, a very bad pun about Whole Foods. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> you said you got your cake at Whole Foods. I'm, so, I'm glad that you didn't get half a cake. That's a stupid joke, but you took it totally seriously. <laughs> <laughs> that's the dumbest joke. <laughs> Maybe that's why you didn't realize it was a joke, because of just how bad it was. Dude, who says that? It's uh, like, well, it's late here. Half a cake. <laughs> oh my goodness. Half a cake. Anyway, yeah, I got a whole cake, so... But yeah, there were about nine or ten people here last well, night. Yeah. Given that it's feasible that you could have gone to a name change 
court date and the judge could have said no, then uh, I would say that was a rousing success. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it was, I mean, I, I am very pleased to have this done. And of course, I'll be more pleased once it's all done. Mm -hmm. But to be honest, the part that means more to me is the gender marker, more so than the name change. Yeah. Because the name change is really just, it's it's what people call me, which is important, but... It's what most people call you. Yeah, well, yeah, this is my, my goofy parents. But the, the gender marker, though, that once that changes, that, that signifies that the state sees me as I see me. And that's, that's what, what means a lot to me. Do you think that either of these two things will also mean a lot to your parents? Well, it's funny you should mention that. Because I talked to my dad on the phone just uh, earlier this evening. And I mentioned that I had the court date and then had a few people over for some bubbly and some cake. And my dad's like, ah, okay, how's the job going? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, most yeah. people have certain nuances with changing the subject, or, mm -hmm. but there was no nuance. Oh, well. Yeah. Although... And maybe I'm sure it'll it was, come up again. Well, that's the thing is that later in the call, and I don't know if it was just because curiosity got the better of my dad. He's like, so how many people came for your thing last night? It's like, oh, about nine or ten people. Yeah. And I went on to say, and uh, and people were, were happy for me, and it was and it was really nice. And dad's like, eh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're chipping away, Ashley. Chip, 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 yeah. chip. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... Well, part of, part of what I'm wondering now is whether this gives me new avenues for correcting my parents. I should think so. Because, of course, there's the one that's sort of like been my go-to of please don't call me that or what I, or variations thereof, but I could say, hey, that's not my name or I don't know who that is, but I don't yeah. know if that would just be more snarky than other things. What would, what would you call your hairstyle? Uh, my hairstyle might be... If I was being charitable toward myself, it might be sort of a proto-bob. I don't know. Okay. Because at the back, you can see... I mean, I don't know if you can see, but it it kind of almost goes down to my... It almost goes down to my shoulders. Mm-hmm. The only thing, though, is that you can see on this... Oh, you can see on the side that the back is longer than the, the sides. Like, the, this part... Yeah. On, yeah, so it's not... I don't, I don't know if it's an official bob yet. I don't okay. want to. Yeah. We have uh, a few minutes left if you want to teach me something ladylike. Yeah, sure. Okay. Super. So I've got a couple of jobbies here. Okay, first jobby. So we've talked about Primer on the on the show before. Yes. My friend Andrea, she's still kind of getting into some of this. And she doesn't have a lot of makeup products. And it turns out that she doesn't have eyeshadow primer. And it also so happened that... Her foundation was not quite the right shade, so we got. I, I went to Sephora with her and we got her some foundation that was the right shade. So she ended up that she had some foundation that she didn't use anymore, along with, well, a lack of eyeshadow primer. So it turns out that you can actually use foundation as a stand-in for eyeshadow primer. What eyeshadow primer normally does is it will essentially act as a little shield from your eyelids and your your eyeshadow that it prevents the eyeshadow from falling to the creases yeah okay but of course the the other thing it will help do is just provide um provide a more 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 truer color to your to your eyeshadow as well with foundation it helps to 
offer that type of barrier to some extent from your from your eyelids and your eyeshadow. And it doesn't quite do as good a job as actual eyeshadow primer, but in the end, it helps and is better than not having any eyeshadow primer. Okay. So if you happen to have some foundation and if you're not using it anymore, and if you don't have any eyeshadow primer, you can give this a shot. Even if it's the wrong shade? Yeah, I mean, it, it would need to be somewhat close. Okay. In case there's maybe some around the edges or something. But for the most part, it doesn't really have to be necessarily close because you're going to be covering it up with eyeshadow. Yeah. Does a person's correct foundation color slash shade change over time? Well, for me, for instance, I use a different shade in the summer than I do in the winter. Okay. Because even if I'm not, I don't know, hiking the Appalachian Trail, I would still tend to get more sun in the summertime. Right. So in that respect, I would use a, a slightly darker shade in the summer than in the okay. winter. Am I crazy or are you basically trying to match, you know, the color down here? Like around your neck where you wouldn't be putting makeup. More or less, I mean, essentially with foundation, this is sort of my understanding that you want it to blend with the most common tone within your skin, on, on your face. Because essentially the foundation helps form a uniform mm -hmm. color within the, the, the tone of your face. Okay. Yeah. But you wouldn't want it to contrast with the tone of skin on your neck or your collarbone or whatever. Right, and in that respect, I mean, people who are not very skilled at applying foundation may stop just at the chin line, then it sort of looks like a mask. I've seen that. And generally what, what I do and what I've heard is, is a good approach there is to actually apply foundation slightly below the chin line and then essentially to, to feather it or to form a gradient so that it gradually becomes lighter as it goes downward. That seems like a lot of work. Well, you just push the, you use your foundation brush, you just push harder at the top and less at the bottom. Okay. I mean, there's some nuance to it. It's it's, yeah, yeah. it's a bit like riding a bike or something where... I guess I was thinking of it more in the Photoshop sense, where uh, gradients <laughs> are, are hard to do sometimes. Fortunately, your face is not Photoshop. Yeah, that is fortunate. Okay, do you want to see a second jobby? I sure do. Okay, so this is a trick I learned from one of the makeup artists from whom I got lessons. And this is a uh, liquid eyeliner. And this one's from Milano or Milani. Yeah. Okay. Which is just a drugstore brand. I'm going to find this one at Target, but I think mm. you can get it at Walgreens or whatever. And I'm not using this as an eyeliner. But rather, what you can do is, let's find just unscrew this guy. And then you, you want fairly little on the end here because it is a liquid eyeliner. And then before applying your mascara, this is so so after you've done your eyeshadow and your regular eyeliner, and before applying your mascara, if you apply this to the base of your lashes. So okay. I mean, I can't really do it here, but um, you can essentially darken the color of your eyelashes using this liquid liner, and it creates a stronger contrast. It's a bit like boosting your mascara a bit. You seem totally skeptical, Jay. Aren't eyelashes pretty much black regardless? <gasps> well, some people's are, but for, I think mine are. Well, they're very. They're at least probably dark the color brown. of the hair on your head, or at least the color of your eyebrows, hmm. or close-ish to that. But I never looked that closely. Well, and you had no reason to, because mm. you're a cisgender guy. Mm. Some people happen to be lucky enough to have very dark eyelashes but that's not always the case and so okay. you can sort of darken your eyelashes that way mm. and i have i mean this is sort of a side thing but 
I, I have heard the possibility that you can also dye your eyelashes in the same way you dye your hair, but I've never tried that. Okay. And this, and this shampoo is actually, I mean, it's really cheap. It's like, I don't know, two or three dollars or something. And this happens to be the purple one, which I picked because that complements my eyes, which are green. Although it's not like a prominent purple color, but it's just it's a very sort of dark color. It's sort of enough. But... All right. Well, don't go too far. You'll turn into the Joker. Right. Yeah, I know. Yeah. That's neato. I hope so. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Oh, it's my pleasure, Jay. It's been I fun. Hope, and I hope things keep going smoothly and, and positively. Yeah, I hope so. And I'm optimistic about the Jenner marker thing. And I, I, I just, I, I I'll feel relieved once it's all done, in part because I so far plan on seeing my parents for Thanksgiving, and I need to know how I should buy my ticket. Okay, yeah. If I put the wrong MRF down, then the TSA will maybe hassle me. Yeah. So I'm hoping that this whole dog and pony show could be done by then. Okay. Well, well, I should go have dinner. Thanks for being cool. Yeah. Thanks for chatting, Jay. It's been fun. Good. We will talk soon. That sounds great. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.